purpose is transforming the world of work and business. Those leading the way are values-based and people-focused leaders who see business as a force for good. Host Kevin Monroe explores how tapping into the power of purpose infuses your business with meaning and touches the lives of your employees while positively impacting the communities you serve. With the Higher Purpose Podcast, here's Kevin Monroe. Hey, it's Kevin Monroe, and I want to welcome you to Episode 70 of the Higher Purpose Podcast. I'm so glad you've joined today, and and I'm grateful for you and the invitation you're extending me by listening to this conversation today. If you've been listening, you know we're in a series of conversations about purpose-powered business and what difference purpose makes in how you conduct business and how purpose permeates all facets of business. Today, we're joined by Jeremiah Smith. Jeremiah is the co-founder and CEO of Simple Tiger. He's an expert on SEO, search engine optimization. And we'll talk a wee bit about SEO. Why I invited Jeremiah to join today is to talk about how purpose has led Jeremiah to approach business differently and share some about his own personal journey of discovering purpose and how that has integrated and impacted his work. With that, let's get into the conversation. Hey, what a delight to welcome Jeremiah Smith to this episode of the Higher Purpose Podcast. Glad to have you, Jeremiah. Uh, Glad to be here. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate that. Sure. Well, there's a fun way I've been starting these conversations for recent months. What's something you're grateful for in this moment? In this moment, we're going through some awesome business challenges that I'm actually just really enjoying right now. Every time I go through a challenge, I know growth is inevitable. And and as long as I hang in there and keep working through it. And so we're going through a fun challenge with the business right now that I'm actually grateful for because it's much needed. Mm. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. What's something you feel is important for us to know about you that helps us connect with you? Sure. So I think it's important, you know, as a marketer, I talk a lot about knowing your business's purpose and that being important in regards to your brand. But I think it's important to note that it took a while for me to figure out my business's purpose. And I think it took even longer maybe for me to figure out my own purpose. And I think it's important for me to just give everyone the permission to relax and understand that sometimes you may not know your purpose right out of the gate and it might take a while for it to emerge and that you may discover it along the way like I did. So I think that was something important for me to know, to tell everyone that when you see all these people or these businesses or organizations with all these well-defined purposes and it frustrates you because you're looking for yours, just be patient, keep working at it, keep doing what you're doing and you'll probably discover it. I appreciate you saying that, Jeremiah. Now we're going to come back And we're going to talk about your purpose in a few minutes, Mm -hmm. but I appreciate you saying that. And for you listening, yeah, it's easy to kind of have purpose envy. And you look at someone and you go, oh, they've got it all figured out. And most people I know, most people, they're like these 20-year overnight success stories. You know, people think it's an overnight success, but they don't see the five years, 10 years, 20 years that it was in the making. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that in a moment. Well, You're the co-founder and CEO of Simple Tiger. So what's your favorite way of introducing Simple Tiger in the work you do? 
So the work that I do, first and foremost, we're an SEO agency. If you're not familiar with SEO, it means search engine optimization. So the purpose of our service offering is to help businesses show up in Google for certain keywords related to their business. So that's what we do for companies. And we've, over time, figured out that our specialty is software companies specifically. And so we work with software companies. Now, being a marketer, I always like to think about what differentiates you and what makes you special. Why should I choose you versus your competitor? And you got to give me good reasons for that. And so for us, it is, well, I've got, first of all, 12 years of experience doing SEO, which is kind of like 100 years experience in the oil industry. We are specialists. We do just SEO and we do it for just software companies. So if you're a software company in need of SEO and you want someone experienced, we're the only company out there. Like you don't have any other choice but to work with us. So, <laughs> so I lay it out like that. And that's pretty much my angle. All right. So going back to this discovering purpose along the way, I love that that's how it happened. I don't know the story. So tell us and let's sure. first talk about the business mm -hmm. and then talk about the personal. Sure. Yeah. So the business is really quite simple when I think about it. The personal is far more complex. It's funny how that happens. But the business... We started Simple Tiger as a marketing agency, and I quickly saw that SEO was the one thing that was the most profitable, the most enjoyable to me, the one thing that I thought was very special. It took a lot of work, so it took my eye off of all the other stuff I wanted to do. And so I pretty soon decided that I wanted to focus on SEO. So we focused on SEO, but then over the years, we determined that certain clients we loved, certain clients were difficult to work with and stuff like that, and we pretty much narrowed it down to one group of clients that we worked with. And once we narrowed it down to that group, we started seeing a purpose emerge of our purpose is to be their SEO company, but really to help them drive simple, effective marketing. And so my brother and I, who's, who's my partner, he and I discussed it a lot. And we said, let's go ahead and define our vision. And so we came up with this vision of we exist to do simply effective marketing for clients we love so they can get the customers they need. And so for us, that meant whatever marketing was simple and effective and whatever clients we loved. So if it was a client that we just loved working with, we want more of those. All that kind of becomes a decision factor in terms of doing business. You know, they need to get the customers they need. So I don't want to just help them get any customers. I want to help them get the customers they need. Some customers are good for your business. Some aren't, you know, so that's kind of how that, that whole purpose emerged for the business. Okay, so, and we're going to talk about values in a little bit, I hope. But this whole idea about love, find customers you love, work with customers you love. I'm enjoying the amounts of time I'm seeing love appear in business nowadays. Yeah. Now, do you have to love them from the beginning? Do you get to love them? I mean, what does it mean to love a customer? Sure. Your world. So for me, I'm deeply involved in the sales process now, and I have been most of the time at Simple Tiger, but I, I've found that when I'm dealing with someone in the sales process at the very beginning before we even start a relationship, once I'm able to establish rapport, we're able to talk a little bit, and I'm able to actually get to a point where I feel like we are genuinely connecting, they are understanding what I'm talking about, we're on the same wavelength, same vibe. We enjoy getting on the calls together to dig a little deeper. We throw some ideas back and forth. Like when that stuff starts happening, I feel like it's magic. I feel like it's a new friend almost. And so 
that kind of starts the process. But then over time with working with a client, just like, I guess, in any kind of real relationship, you really get to decide, do you love this person or not, right? And after working with clients for a little while, we definitely find out that we love these kinds of clients and stuff like that. Awesome. Okay, so as I understand it, when you started, you all did more, Mm -hmm. a lot of marketing services. And this is something that I'm having conversation with a lot of friends, even just personal friends that aren't on the podcast. We're having it on the podcast. But this whole idea of really narrowing it down and doing less rather than trying to do everything for customers, doing one thing and doing that one thing so exceptionally well, that's your journey? Yep. Yep, exactly. I've always been a jack of all trades my whole life and good at everything. But somehow over time, I've just stayed specialized in SEO and I've kind of developed the strength in that one area to where uh, I started realizing maybe I should not be a jack of all trades in my agency. It's okay if I am personally a jack of all trades, but if I build an agency that's a jack of all trades, it's going to be difficult for it to be profitable. It's going to be stressful to own and operate. It's going to be hard for my employees to have good morale and enjoy working here. And so uh, I decided it's time to really specialize and to sort all this out and become a master of one, you know? And so that's pretty much what we did. Okay. So I've got a question for you there, Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. How do you tell someone you love, a customer, no, I can't help you with this, something else they need that they ask your help for? Ah, that's a great question. That's actually the critical moment where I really demonstrate my love because before what I would do was sell them that I could do it, even though I knew I couldn't do it as well as I was doing the other thing for them. And so then I'm going to give them something that's mediocre or worse, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of the service. To me, that's not very loving. However, if it's something that I know that they need and I can't get it for them, I need to tell them. And that's having integrity, Mm -hmm. which is the most important thing to me is at the end of the day, did I just take someone's money? Or did I do good work? And doing good work sometimes means refusing people's money and in lieu of taking someone's money for really good work, right? Which is a more fair exchange. So that's the situation I found myself in a few times. What always comes out of that produces fruit too. I love it. So when I find that there's an opportunity that a client has to actually go with another marketing methodology that we don't sell or serve, and I recommend that they go that direction, they're almost unanimously jaw on the floor. Like, why are you not selling me right now? Because they're expecting it sold. But I'm a consultant first. And I, and I say, well, I genuinely think that if you go do some paid search for a few months, you'll get some good results. You'll get the sales that you need right away. It won't cost you an arm and a leg like you think. And you'll have the data that you need for us to start an SEO campaign in a few months or a year from now. Mm. So just go do that. And you'd be shocked at how many clients come back a year or so later and say, look, we're ready for you. We want you now. You're not saying no to us. We want to. We want to work now. And I'm like, all right, cool. But they trust us, you know. So I find it produces fruit. Okay, so you started touching on to integrity, which is one of your values. And we scheduled this call several weeks ago, and then since then, Jeremiah, I've started having a lot of conversations focused on values. Hmm. In preparing for the call, I started looking at your website and saw that you have a clear set of values. Share those with us. And what was the journey of how you landed on those, Mm -hmm. the values for Simple Tiger? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, some of the values for Simple Tiger that I think are critical, one's in the name. It's being simple. We like to keep things simple. And so I'll just go ahead and touch on that. 
I like the idea of simplification. I can't remember what philosopher it was that said to add more is easy, but to take away is difficult or something along those lines. To simplify is difficult. Something along those lines. I butchered it. But the whole idea there is that to simplify something really requires you to think like a philosopher, like a logical person. And that's not easy. So I wanted that. Other core values. I mean, integrity is our prime core value. That's the main driver at my agency. That kind of came out of both Sean, my brother, and I kind of sharing that as our own core values, integrity being something that he and I are both serious about. And at the end of the day, I mean, I tend to have a pretty sensitive conscience, so it's really difficult for me to get to sleep if I've done something even slightly wrong. And so at the end of the day, I always tell people, I want to sleep tonight. That's why I'm not going to take your money. That's why I'm going to tell you you should go be paid search first, things like that. That really speaks to people that resonates. That might be selfish that I want to get some sleep, but regardless. <laughs> and then joy's on the list. Talk about joy. Yeah, joy is a decision. So, you know, happiness, I think, is one of those things where happiness is an emotion that I think comes and goes. But joy is something that, you know, it talks about in, in the Bible as one of the fruit of the Spirit in Ephesians. And I think that it's beautiful to think about it as if it's a fruit of the Spirit, that means that it's something that you produce you produce. Mm. That means that you have a decision. You can do this. You have an ability to do this. So joy is not like happiness, where happiness is something you feel. Joy is something that you create. And mm. so if you decide, I'm going to be joyful today, then that can, I think, not only produce happiness in yourself, but it, it can produce happiness in others. And if you carry yourselves accordingly like that, then you can kind of create happiness all around you. So I think joy is an important thing to carry. Also, my mother kind of raised me to understand that you shouldn't do your work with any kind of grumbling or any kind of frustration. You should do your work with joy. And mm. So mm. Uh, I appreciated that. Mm. So if you're listening to this and this whole joy theme resonates with you, I want to invite you to make sure you listen next week. I'll be talking with Rich Sheridan about his new book that releases next week on December 4th, Chief Joy Officer. Mm. So come back. We'll have a double dose of joy next week. Now, Jeremiah, there's one of these values, and you mentioned it earlier, integrity. You all do a whole call out on integrity on your website, mm -hmm. which really just spoke volumes to me. So say more about that, both what's there and why did you feel? And then a little bit, you know, like in the business you're in, why integrity is so important for you. Sure. Sure. Well, it's real easy to draw out why it's important in my specific industry. Again, in, in SEO, you have a lot of companies who are utilizing the fact that it's a complex and confusing subject for a lot of people. They're utilizing that to hide behind it the fact that they don't know how to do it, but that it's very lucrative and there's a lot of money to be made at it. Mm. And so because of that, you ultimately have a lot of snake oil salesmen out there just taking from people who are unsuspecting, who are really trying to get something that they need for their business. And I saw that and I've seen it and I see it all the time. Mm -hmm. And it drove me crazy in the early years. I knew that there was something better. And so I started with this whole focus on trying to change the tide about that. So even if it was someone who had a lower budget, but was paying, you know, one tenth of what we charge per month, for example, to an SEO company, but I look into it and I see that they are not getting what they should be getting even for that. I tell them, look, you need to stop paying them. I'm not asking you to pay me, but you need to stop paying for what you're getting because you're not getting anything right now right. or something along those lines. 
So I really took it seriously to go out there and kind of fight the good fight and be an ambassador of my industry. And I saw the twofold effect that might have. Number one, I'll never regret it. I'll never regret being a person of integrity. So I can, again, sleep at night. But number two, that can be attractive, right? And marketing, if you are known as the agency that always has integrity, that is always honest, that is always open with your clients, and they know they can trust you, you can build that authority. You can build that rapport with your industry, and people will begin coming to you who want that. And so we did that, and it actually worked really well. We started getting clients who wanted long-term relationships with an agency they could trust, who's going to tell them the hard news sometimes, you know, because yeah. it takes a trusting relationship for someone to be able to tell you something you don't want to hear. And so we tend to be that agency. Okay, so I'm going to peel back the curtain here a moment and say to Jeremiah and to you listening, when I was approached about having Jeremiah on the show, I saw all of this about SEO. And that's what I was thinking at first. Oh, here's another snake oil salesman. Here's somebody that wants to come in. And, and I'm like, no, thanks. And then we got into this conversation and I knew there was something more. And we started going deeper. And even I didn't want you to come on the show to talk about SEO. I wanted you to come on the show to talk about your values-based approach to business and the culture you're creating there and how you're working diligently to be different than everybody else in the business. That's what stood out to me to you. But just when I saw SEO, I'm thinking, oh, no, right? Because it it is. Oh, right. This, I love that you're on this because this can apply to every single industry. Yes. Unanimously, equally, and without holding any punches either. Because I think in today's society, in 2018, at least here in the West, we are, as consumers and even as new generations of people coming right now, are worn out by the hard, cold business tactics of the past several decades. Yes. And and the evolution of businesses into these behemoths of industry that are calculating and bottom line driven, that neglect the person at the end of the machine. Mm. And even all the people within the machine, Mm -hmm. a large portion of people within the machine. So I think that beckoning back to to core values is what's necessary for small business where that is, by the way, the real backbone of America is on small business. I think it's our responsibility to remind our country and the world that values ought to lead our business. Yes. Because a business is a business. A business is like the engine in my car out there. It doesn't have an opinion or a decision. It takes gasoline, it burns it up and it produces horsepower. Right. An engine takes input and churns out output in the form of product, service, and profit, right? So it doesn't have a conscience. You have to put a conscience in it. You have to drive it with a conscience, just like I have to drive that car with a conscience. So I think if we carry core values into the way that we build and we run our companies, we can actually go back to having solid, healthy, wonderful impact on people, just like I could go rescue people with my car out there, you know? So, Jeremiah, what you just said is so important that there is this, what I call the humanizing of workplace and work, this initiative, this effort that we see around the world where people are wanting a more human workplace, and they want to be able to bring their whole selves to work. But you just touched on something that maybe I'm thinking about for the first time here, which is why I'm rambling a bit. For that to happen, it starts with the business owner bringing their whole self to the business. 
Totally. I mean, that's how leadership operates. You read any of John Maxwell's books on leadership. I mean, we're, whatever you're doing, if you are in a position of leadership, if you are just a positional leader, meaning you are just doing your job roles of being a positional leader, congratulations, you're officially a stage one leader. But there are six stages of leadership that right. John Maxwell talks about. And to get through those, it involves producing results, attracting people by showing that you can produce results and that you want to help them produce results, teaching them how to produce results and teaching them how to go on to teach someone else to produce results. And ultimately what you're doing in that process is you are handing yourself down. Yeah. You are exporting yourself into other people and they are importing what you're doing and they're watching you and they're learning. And that's how you lead. But you don't lead by shouting or yelling or directing. You lead by doing. You lead by example. It's the easiest, most obvious definition of leadership. So if that's said as the leader of a company, then everyone within the company can ascribe to those core values of that company. And if they don't, mm -hmm. let those core values dictate who works in the company and who doesn't so that you can ensure that your company is made up of people who actually are what your company says you are. Because your company, again, it's just an engine. Right. When I call that a Hyundai Santa Fe, its parts are made up of that. If I call this Simple Tiger, it's because the parts of this company are made up of people who ascribe to those core values. And so I think it's important that we bring that in as leaders and then exemplify that ourselves. So what does that look like at Simple Tiger? How do you use values to recruit? And then how do those on the team use values to make decisions hmm. on an ongoing basis? Yeah. So we take, like, for example, our core values. If I'm in the interview process, I might ask someone some questions that are a little bit leading, but my goal here is to bring them to a chance or an opportunity to answer a question and either validate that they have that core value or invalidate that they have the core value. For example, simplicity, one of our first and easiest ones. I might ask a question with an answer that I think can be answered simply and can be answered complexly. So I often ask people, what do you think SEO is? And you can either go very difficult with that explanation or very simple with that explanation. But I just ask you one quick question. I don't want to hear your diatribe on everything SEO and how to do it and what it costs and all that kind of stuff. Just tell me quickly what it is. And some people say, yeah, trying to get a website to show up in Google for certain keywords. I'm like, right? You nailed it. That's SEO. So then we move on, right? Effectiveness. So I try to ask questions around. Give me some examples of times that you were the most effective in your job or in some work that you did. And then I listen to see, are they being, are they talking about being efficient? Or are they talking about being effective? Because efficient does not necessarily mean effective. You can efficiently do the wrong thing, right? but you can inefficiently do the right thing and still be effective. I think that's important. When it comes to integrity and honesty, those are a little bit harder to just quickly tease out of people. That's more like stuff that I'm kind of here. I'm going to give you this baton. This is who we are. We want to be a company of integrity. Does that attract you? What does that mean to you? And just kind of find out what that means to them. But really, you'll figure it out over the long haul if, if they can be honest and things like that. I genuinely trust, though, that very few people in this world are actually just outright dishonest. So I don't think that that's actually a major differentiator. But I do think that if you don't state it outright, that you might accidentally stumble into some dishonesty as a company. And so for us, when we're in a situation where we're trying to sort out a conflict or a situation, I like to bring in team members. And I, I like to say, guys, I'm having a hard time making a decision here. Remember, we want to be honest and have integrity. 
now what do you guys think we should do? Mm -hmm. And then they bring their best faculties to work for me and they say, this would probably be the most honest thing. Okay, cool, good. So sometimes I understand I've got weaknesses. I'm a human, just like anybody else. So I'll use my team around me to help make up for my weaknesses. And it it is absolutely worth it. I have an extremely strong, incredible team. So I love that. Awesome. Well, let's talk about the team and the culture that you and Sean have created at Simple Tiger. Mm -hmm. What's that look like? So the culture is interesting because, boy, we've had an interesting uphill battle. First of all, a guy who does not know how to create and build a business, create and built this business. (laughs) And then I took it in an industry that is already very difficult, very competitive, very complex. And I call myself Simple Tiger. So I'm making the promise that I want to take something very complex and make it simple for everybody. So that was interesting. But I would really say that some of the real struggles in creating and growing Simple Tiger has been staying clear all the time on what it is I'm trying to build and to do here and ultimately relying on other people because I think this is a problem where a lot of leaders might get caught up in this as well. I have a lot of ego that I have to deal with and I have to put down in order to effectively run a team because Mm -hmm. you have to put your ego to the side. And Mm -hmm. so for me, how that plays out is I don't want to let go of things. I want to keep control of things and I want to keep running things myself. You can't do that. You've got to hand that stuff off. And that means that you've got to have people that you can trust that you can hand the stuff off to. Mm-hmm. And so just making sure that I have a team of people around me that I can trust and hand things over to has been scary. And I would say has been hard for me, but ultimately has worked out very well by the team that I have. Now, in part of our culture, we have a very open and honest team. We're all remote. So my whole team is spread out throughout the country. And many of us have never met, which is really interesting. So there's all kinds of interesting things that come out of that. But what I find that it actually leads to is it does seem like at least our interactions and a lot of our collaboration tends to be very logical because we don't carry a lot of the emotional stuff into the workplace because we're not having that emotional connection with each other quite as much as we would if we worked in the same office. Now, there's also probably a pretty sad side to that coin as well that we're trying to work through and I'm trying to keep an eye on and make sure I'm careful about, which is since we don't have that strong emotional connection to each other, like we work in the same workplace, is that good? Is that healthy Mm. for each other? And so just kind of being cognizant of that and trying to make sure that my team has good, healthy morale and that they're feeling good about their work and they're enjoying things. That's one of my top concerns. Mm. So I would say that's kind of where we're at. Okay. A two-part question. I'm going to ask, separate it. How have you grown as a person as a result of this entrepreneurial journey you're on? Oh, boy. So many ways. They're countless. I'm still discovering ways that I've grown from being on this journey. So I highly recommend everyone go on this journey. (laughs) (laughs) And realize it's a journey. It is definitely a journey and you're never off. You're always on it. Oh, let's see. I've had to change some things about myself in order for the business to work. And that's probably been the hardest thing. Like, you know, when it comes to maybe the way I personally manage money in my own life, like that's been a real struggle. The way I manage my own money is different than the way I manage my business's money. But I do that because my business, I'm like, that has to be taken care of properly. I have people that have to be fed and stuff like that. And you've got to manage that carefully. Well, that's kind of forced it back into my personal life to where it's like, Look, you know how to manage money correctly. You can do it for your business. You've got to do it in your own personal life too. You should. There's a lot of personal growth that I've gotten out of that. Whether or not it's actually taken full effect, 
is a different story. That's again where you're on the journey and it's something you're always working on. That's one of the many things. I've grown a lot in terms of learning and learned a lot about parts of business that I never set out to learn, mm -hmm. but had to at some point and am very, very grateful for. Earlier at the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned that uh, we're going through a challenge right now and I'm grateful for this challenge. It is a good challenge. It's not sad. It's not bad. It's just a lot of work and it's yeah. going really, really well. And it's exciting because I know it's going to produce fruit, but it's forcing me to grow it. I'm way outside my comfort zone with it. So I think that learning an entrepreneurial journey is necessary if you want to make it, but it produces fruit and rewards in your own life as well. Okay. Now that's where I want to circle back because earlier in the conversation, you started talking about discovering your organization's purpose, which was easier than your personal purpose. We went mm -hmm. into the organization, then we kind of followed that trail. Let's come back in this journey. Tell us about your journey of discovering your personal purpose. Yeah. At whatever level you're comfortable talking about that. Sure. Yeah. So at some point in the past few years, Let's see, four to five years ago, I got involved in ministry at my church for the very first time. And at first I was, this is cool. I enjoy doing this. This is neat. And I really started enjoying working with the people. And then before I knew it, I really loved working with the people a lot and started getting involved in different ministry aspects. So I started rebuilding the site for my church. And then that evolved into getting involved in different ministry groups within the church. And then getting involved in our homeless ministry and a couple of other aspects. Before I knew it, I was deeply ingrained in so much of the church's operation and things they were doing and was really getting a lot of real deep personal growth out of it. All right. So where my business was challenging me to grow as a business person, I wasn't growing as much as a person person. <laughs> when I got deeply involved in my ministry, that's when I started growing as a person person, meaning I could deal with people much deeper, much better, much differently than ever in the past. I started becoming much more patient, much more loving and things like that. Where, And I'm not saying I wasn't patient or loving, but I'm not also bragging either. I just wasn't concerned about that stuff as much before. And then as I got into my church, I found that that was not only required, but would come with being involved there. So that's another beautiful thing about being involved in church is you're going to get something out of it. Whatever you put in, you're going to get something back out of it. I think it was set up that way. So I started getting a lot out of that and started finding things that I was learning and developing in my growth and in my ministry work, finding place back in my business with how I interacted with my team and being able to seek out this whole integrity and honesty thing in my people that are harder to just kind of test for when you're hiring someone, but you kind of have to intuitively feel your way through it. And I started being able to detect that more easily in people. And really, that helped me get very calm and confident with my team, which actually allowed me to kind of let go of a lot of the things that I felt I had to hold on to. I was able to let go and, and have them take over. And that just produced massive fruit because they did not let me down. They really excelled. They did a lot better than I could have with the things I was holding on to. Mm. And so that made me kind of, that kind of caused me to shift my personal thinking into, hmm, maybe I should try to start letting go of more things and letting other people run them. And maybe that's part of a level of leadership I'm at now is, is making sure that I don't try to hold on to everything. Some might be holding us back by doing that. So that was helpful. But eventually throughout this process, I started to discover my own kind of personal life's purpose which is ultimately to develop an intimacy with God that completely resembles what 
he has told me to resemble, which is his son, Jesus. And as I looked at that, I started realizing that there are things that I'm doing in my ministry work that are here and now giving me purpose, giving me meaning in my life that I stumbled into that now I know once I've heard this sound, once I've heard that bell ring, I can't unhear it. So I know where I am now. I know what I need to do for the rest of my life, which is to continue doing that, to continue being a part of that. So eventually my business's purpose, and so far as my relationship to it, just was a means to an end. It was to enable me to go live out my personal life's purpose. And when I started making that connection and had that realization, I started thinking, wow, this should be doing the same thing for all of my employees, hopefully my clients, everyone that works in my company as well. So our core values drive what I do here. I want my team to have that own, you know, each person on my team and each person we work with to have that own realization of their life's purpose and be fulfilled. And hopefully my company can help them somewhere along the way. So do you have a story of how that's happened for somebody on the team? Good question. Hmm. I know I've got a couple of employees who I can't outright say yes or no about that, but I can tell you some stories about things that they've done. We have one person who worked for a company that we contracted many years ago to do some work for us. And it was a special type of work we really needed help with that we didn't have a specialty in in house. And that ultimately led to that company kind of failed and was shut down. But we knew that that company had good people in it that could do the work we needed. So I kept in touch with a couple of the people in that company. One of the people in that company in particular forged a really good connection with me very quickly. And he and I just continued talking. And I eventually pulled him in to do some contract work in that same area for us. And then eventually I found that there was someone else internally that we had that was better suited to run the operation that he brought in. And so I moved that work over to him, but I wanted to keep this new person. I wanted this new guy because he had something to him that was just all of these core values. He had these intangibles that I wanted as a team member. So I didn't really care what work he did for us. He just had to be here. So I kept that relationship open and we found more work. We threw more things his way and he responded with joy. So Mm -hmm. I challenged him with different work that he had never tried before. And he smiled and said, let's do it. I'd love to learn this. I'm going to jump in. And just please be patient with me, but I'm going to work hard at it. And he had this confidence and this attitude. And then it produced results. So I saw that he was effective. And then he made it really simple and clear. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy is exemplifying our core values. You know, this is perfect. And so just intuitively, I eventually was able to hire him on as a full-time contractor and then eventually offer him a full-time job at the company. And now he's just one of the rock star people on our team that's just Part of the core team here and he has since told me that he never thought he'd end up in this industry but it's given him so much joy and meaning and all that and then it's, it's helped him produce and provide for his family and all this which is growing his family's growing like crazy he's got a lot of kids and so <laughs> that's exciting so i know that his purpose is much deeper than just an employee here but so is everyone's and i don't for a second doubt that so when i tell people to come on here i'm excited to have them on here I like to remind them that at the end of the day, as much as I need your best work and everything, this is just a job. And if it's not producing fruit in your life, you have to do something about that. And Mm -hmm. so I give my employees the freedom to be open and transparent with me when they're not happy with any work or something like that. I want that because I want the best work in my life as well. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to someone listening now that's like, wow, that all sounds really good. I want to figure that out for me at some point in life. Mm -hmm. 
for, yeah. for someone who's gone through a lot of life not having that clarity, you said earlier, just be patient. But what's something else you would say to them? Yeah, I think the most important thing, I think with business, it's interesting because a lot of businesses get by without being clear on their purpose or their vision. And they get by, what I mean by that is they exist for a while or they make it for a while. And you don't have to be as focused on purpose or vision in a company for it to just kind of skim by for a little bit. You do if you want that business to really be strong and successful and to grow and stand the test of time and all the challenges that are going to be thrown at you as a business owner. But regardless, however, if you jump into a volunteer role, a volunteer role only comes with a purpose. Mm. Like you're not going to go out and volunteer for no reason. Right. It's not like you're going to go pile up sandbags in somebody's front yard and they're like, why are you doing this? I don't know. Yeah, you're doing it because there's a flood coming. Like there's a purpose behind Mm-hmm. whatever you do in volunteer work. So I challenge anyone who may not be clear on their purpose, their vision, to go do something for free. Go serve is what you're yes, saying. Go serve because you're going to be guaranteed to not get anything tangible out of it right, right away. And you need to get that selfishness out of the way so that you can be clear on the most important thing you'll ever be given, which is your life's purpose. You know, I think I kind of came up with this metaphor and I may have heard it somewhere, so I can't take credit for it, but I feel like we're all given these gifts and we have this gift in our hands and we hold on to it. But I think we can't receive the next gift God has to offer until we learn to put this one aside, until we learn to put this one down or hand this one ideally to someone else who needs. So if you're constantly just giving away the gifts that you receive, you'll be receiving bigger and better gifts all the time. Mm. And I think that that's one way of discovering your life's purpose. You go out and you serve, you volunteer, and you will find your life's purpose. My pastor put it this way. He said that if service is beneath you, then leadership is above you. Right. And I could not agree more with that. And every time I find that I, I'm not being happy as a leader, I kind of look, well, how hard am I serving lately? And I'm like, oh, well, there it is. I haven't been serving hard enough. And I'll find something I could help one of my employees and suddenly everything starts working well with business again. You know? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. It's something I found true as well, Jeremiah. If I'm having a bad day and it's all inward focused, well, what's the easiest fix? Mm-hmm. Just to do something for someone else that they cannot repay you for. It's not, hey, I'm going to do something, but it's just doing something for nothing in return physically, no money in return, just giving, serving. Mm-hmm. It has that liberating effect. So, yeah, we're agreed on service. Yeah. Jeremiah, is there something that would conclude this conversation for you? Make it whole before we push the end button. Yeah, I think there was a thought that I had early on in the show, and I've thought about it multiple times while we've been talking, and I wanted to say it, so I think now is the perfect time. There you go. If you're on this path and you're thinking, I want to know what my life's purpose is or my business's purpose is or my work's purpose is, and you're trying to figure that out, my advice would be what my mother told me many years ago when I was having a little identity crisis around what I was going to do for work. I was on the precipice of discovering SEO and getting into this whole industry and creating this business and everything. And I was beating myself up because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I think I was bartending or catering or something like that. And I was just burned out because I didn't see that as the way I wanted to go. Whatever I was doing felt like a dead end. And I asked mom, I'm like, oh, what? I don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up. You know, I'm in my 20s here. I don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up. Mom, mom's sitting there in her 50s and she's like, I don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up. You know, 
And she's like, you've got to relax though. She's like, if you don't know what you need to do or what you want to do, just keep doing whatever you are doing because eventually it'll find you. Eventually you'll figure it out. She's like, you will figure it out because eventually you will have the desire and the drive within you to see it and it will just show up. But what you can't do is just sit down and be bummed. You got to just get up and go back to work and just keep working. Just do the bartending stuff. Just keep doing it until it shows up. And she was so right. And that also helped me through a couple of times of joblessness where I didn't know what I was going to do. And I just kept doing things I knew how to do to make money. And that got me on to a much bigger, better opportunity. And so I think whatever you're doing right now, keep doing it and just go to bed at night knowing that you're hunting for your life's purpose and it's out there and, and take faith. Take faith and take heart that it's out there and that you will find it. Good stuff. Good stuff. And if people want to connect with you, where do we point them? Sure. Yeah. They can just check us out if they're interested in SEO or talking to us about consulting or growing their business. SimpleTiger.com would be a great way to get in touch. But if you just have any questions for me or want to say anything about what you heard on the show today or anything like that, you can always email me, Jeremiah at SimpleTiger.com. All right. Jeremiah, what a joy and a pleasure to have you join us. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me today. I really enjoyed this. This is wonderful. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Jeremiah. I certainly did. There are a few things that continue to echo in my mind even after the conversation ended and as I've reflected on it. One of those is this notion of loving your customer and out of love for your customer actually being able to say no. If you're anything like me, there have probably been times that you've struggled to say no to a customer or a client when it really would have been in the best interest to say no, and that would have been an act of love. Secondly, I enjoyed the part of the conversation where we started talking about you as the business owner bringing your best self to work is needed for you to give permission for your people to do the same. And finally, the wise words from Jeremiah's mother that was basically saying sometimes you find purpose and sometimes purpose finds you. If you're not sure what to do, find someone or somewhere to serve. That's right. Go serve. The gifts that you've received, freely give to others. And as Jeremiah said, it leads to you receiving more to share with others. Hey, I hope that inspires you to do something for someone else today. Just be a conduit of serving, of loving. Until we connect again, remember, live, love, and lead with purpose. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Higher Purpose Podcast. Are you using your values effectively in your company? Defining and communicating them clearly can have a huge impact. Find out more at 28daysprint.com. That's 28daysprint.com.